Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Linda Lang. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. We are exploring the mystical side of life once again this week. If you enjoy our conversations, remember to subscribe, hit the notifications, and share it with a friend. Today, we're talking super consciousness with Joseph Selby. Joseph is a longtime meditator and a student of Yogananda. Welcome, Joseph. Thanks for having me. And you have that beautiful picture behind you of Yogananda. I have a, a strong science background. And one of the things that I love about Yogananda's teachings in reading the autobiography of a yogi throughout his teachings is that he uses Western science to support uh, what he's talking about. And I just loved that. So how does a science guy get interested in spirituality? Well, for me, it was a extremely life-changing hallucinogenic experience that I had while I was in college. Very moving, calm, peaceful, sacred experience. I just felt myself connected to spirit that was so much deeper than anything I'd tasted before. It firmly set my feet on the path of trying to understand how that could have happened. And more importantly, what can I do to have more of that experience in my life? And that eventually took me to Yogananda's teachings, to meditation, to his techniques of meditation, including Kriya Yoga. And then following that, it led me to a life in the Ananda spiritual movement. And I have been living in Ananda communities for almost 50 years now. You've written a book about the brain and our relationship to super consciousness. How does that tie in with meditation? Well, the brain is considered by modern day sort of material scientists to be the origin of consciousness for each one of us, the origin of thought, the origin of emotion. And what I try to explore in my book is that the brain is only a connection to consciousness. It's a connection to thought and emotion, but that those actually exist uh, non-locally in terms of physics, and they exist astrally in terms of spiritual teachings. It's, it's from our subtle self, our soul, our individuated expression of spirit, where we experience those things. But there's this very interesting dynamic back and forth between the subtle self and the physical self. And so the brain acts as a sort of receiver, like a radio or like a television for, for thoughts and memories and emotion. One of the things that meditation does for you is put you more in touch with your subtle self by, you know, calming your mind, stilling the body so that the physical aspects of yourself become less dominant and the subtle aspects of yourself come more and more into your awareness. And so meditation is a, is a key to 
is to breaking through the limitations of the brain and into this more superconscious self that is innate to our being. Now, Joseph, you use a term, the subtle self. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, can you define it? Subtle self is a inextricable part of spirit. So we are all sparks of the divine, children of the divine, unique expressions of spirit. We are godlike. We are part of the infinite spirit and we are heirs to every aspect of spirit. But we have for many, many different reasons chosen to be less aware of that ultimate reality than we could be. And we tend to essentially mistake the physical body for ourself and we identify with it. So when the body is sick, we say, I'm sick. When the body is hungry, we say, I'm hungry. All of these things are just expressions of our limiting identification with physical body and not a greater awareness of infinite energy, infinite inspiration that is our subtle soul self. So if the brain isn't the producer of the thought or the emotion and just the receiver of it, how is it in relationship with our superconscious or is it just more in relationship with our unconscious mind and our unconscious mind is what's connected with our superconsciousness uh all of the above i think the reason i use the term superconscious is that i like the implication that it's just more of what we already are our conscious mind which is something we're all very familiar with and comfortable with allows us to operate in this world, allows us to be aware of other people, allows us to be aware of what the senses reveal to us, and the, the mind's eye view that is created of the, of the reality that we're mostly familiar with. That's all done by the conscious aspect of our mind. But even if we're mostly in our conscious mind, in that conscious awareness, we will have awareness of superconscious without perhaps knowing it. We have intuitions. We know things that are not revealed to us by reason and sense. And if, uh, like you, you're a healer, you can feel things about other people. You can feel things within yourself that aren't physical. They're they're coming from source. They're coming from spirit. So. We're all connected to superconsciousness. That's really who we are. And the choice we make every day of what we want to be aware of is just a choice. We can, in fact, choose to be more and more aware of the superconscious aspects of ourselves if we want to. Well, Joseph, I love that you are bringing the superconsciousness here instead of having it somewhere over there, having spirit somewhere over there, and really helping us to become more aware of our connection, because that connection is always there, whether we're aware of it or not. 
I would even go one step further is that it is you. It's not something you connect to. It is you. If you weren't fundamentally super conscious, you couldn't be conscious. And what's more, if you weren't innately super conscious, you wouldn't exist as a being. You wouldn't exist as a body. All of those things are manifested by superconsciousness. Your your sense of self, your conscious mind, your physical body, even the subtle body is manifested by this intelligent, powerful superconsciousness that is who we really are. So it's the awareness or the remembering that we need to connect with. Right. How can we do that? In the book, uh, Break Through the Limits of the Brain, I do a lot of exploration of the way neural circuits are formed in our brain. And they're very powerful. So from the moment we're born and probably in the womb, we are forming neural circuits to initially physically control our body. Humans are interesting as a species because we are helpless at birth. So as a human, we need to learn how to move our body. And we start doing it just by, you know, flailing around. But uh, by concentrating, which is really the job of an infant, is just to concentrate on getting their body to move and move their hands and fingers and grasp and crawl and then walk and then speak. That entire process sets off an enormous process of circuits being created in our brain that connect all the muscles, all the potential movements we can make into specific circuits that we use. But we go on creating circuits for the rest of our life. The brain is plastic. We can create new circuits by doing new things. This is the good side of neural circuits. The challenging side of neural circuits is that they tend to make things automatic. So this is great if you're going to walk. You don't want to have to think, okay, left leg first, right leg next, bend the knee. Having that be automatic is essential. But we also develop circuits of emotional reactions to specific things. We have millions of neural circuits devoted to likes and dislikes that support all of our mental, emotional, and physical behaviors that we develop over the course of our life. And they too become automatic. And that's where the brain can be something we need to break through. Because unless we've created neural circuits that connect us to superconscious, which you can, but because we tend not to have done so, the circuits that we have created tend to run our life. So it's this massive amount of automatic behavior that keeps us from being aware of the superconscious. And in order to remake that connection, we need to be deliberate. And one of the best ways is, is meditation. I can think of some pretty profound reasons why we would want to strengthen that connection, that awareness of our superconsciousness. Why don't you share some of the reasons or the benefits why we would do that? Well, the superconsciousness obviously implies 
It's much bigger, right? But it's also wonderful. <laughs> and so that the single best reason and the one that keeps bringing me back to meditation, it will always bring me back to meditation, is that superconsciousness is filled with joy. It's filled with love. It's the core of happiness if you want to seek it outside of, uh, you know, trying to put together a life where there's more ups than downs, which is usually what we try to do. And it's not as if that goes away. I want to hasten to add, we still have that life to live. But when you're filled with joy that has nothing to do with what's happening around you or to you, it really fundamentally changes how you can live your life. Instead of needing your life to fulfill you, your life comes an opportunity to give and to serve, uh, you know, to give more than you get and to be helpful, be kind, be loving towards other people, because then that just flows through you. Service, love, they flow through you to others. And in the process of going through you, you feel them. You feel that love. You're no longer dependent on others to give you love. You have learned to be able to give that love and feel that love yourself. So it can be life transforming without you having to go off and live in a cave or stop what you're doing. I always find it interesting that near-death experiencers who had these just amazing experiences where they say they are never that same person again, that they are a new person. But when they come back, they don't leave their life, but they live their life in an entirely different way. And that's what access to the superconsciousness does for us, I think. It harmonizes our emotions. So what we tend to feel is not going to make us sick. It's not going to make us uh, unwell. It's not going to give us cancer, as, as you as the healer know so well, I'm sure. That's really the core of why people become ill at any level, is that they're experiencing negative emotions on a, some kind of continuous basis. Even if they're not that aware of it, it is what makes us unwell and makes us unhappy simultaneously. So connecting to the superconscious harmonizes the kind of emotions you experience. It makes you healthier, makes you happier, makes you more energetic, it clears your mind so that you don't have this barrage of thoughts pouring into your mind while you're trying to concentrate on something. Genuinely, there is no aspect of your life that isn't improved when you meditate. I might even go so far to say as the super consciousness is the arena for miracles, what we would consider miracles on a more conscious level. Yeah, I entirely agree. Absolutely. You mentioned the brain in there uh, quite a bit and neuroplasticity. So do you think that the brain is unlimited or do you think the brain limits us or maybe both? Well, because the brain connects us, even if we don't know it, to thoughts and emotions and memories that are non-local, we're already unlimited. It's just a bridge to the unlimited aspect of who we are. Realistically, there is no limit to how many 
neural circuits you can form in your brain. Your brain has a hundred billion neurons to start with. And that's a pretty large number of neurons that you can be making circuits with. But the other fascinating thing is that every neuron can grow a connection up to 10,000 other neurons. So the 100 billion goes into the trillions pretty fast. And so I think realistically, there is no limit. Your brain doesn't impose the limit. But if all of those circuits were formed to just interact in the physical world, just relate to your physical body, which is only a limited part of who you are, then you are self-limiting your potential. In all your years of meditating, have you been able to duplicate or revisit that incredible space that set you on this journey? Yes. Now, that isn't to say that I am always in that state, but I definitely have been able to be in that state and better for periods of time that might last days, might last weeks, where I feel I'm in that same elevated state, where I feel presence, I feel calm, and the lows are not as low. You know, all of us go up and down. You know, life is streaky, and I, I don't think that goes away until you're a saint or, a, you know, a, a fully realized master. But those lows aren't as bad. They aren't as difficult to get out of. I, I, I know that I have the tools to rise above them if I just use them instead of letting the low kind of depress me. Well, let's talk about those tools, Joseph. How can we become more aware of our super consciousness? Well, number one is meditate, but things keep us from meditating. And sometimes we have to address them more squarely, more directly. And one of them is negative emotions. Negative emotions are the part of our life that can, as I said, make us ill, but they also tend to make us make bad choices or just recur. You know, I think a lot of us who have had entrenched negative emotions, you know, on one level, we just hate them. We hate them because we know that they're running the show. They know they're that they are running us rather than serving us. And yet we can't escape them. They just keep firing. That neural circuit that supports them just keeps firing. It's difficult to just rise above them with meditation. And I think many people, you know, know this to be true. So I would say don't wait to meditate until you feel like you've cleared all those emotions. But if you do both, if you meditate and spend some time in introspection, self-knowledge, you are your own best therapist. You are your own best person to give you insight into your own emotional nature. Now, it doesn't mean you can't talk to a wise friend, uh, actually engage in therapy, go to a spiritual counselor, go to a healer, who might have insight to help you. But ultimately, you need to take all of that outside input, if you will, and bring it into your own understanding of yourself. That alone can often help you let go of negative patterns. You finally become willing on the right level to let go of them because you know it's going to 
heal. You know that it's going to make you feel better and it's time for that to go. But you may also want to use affirmations to help you do that. And I highly recommend affirmations. Affirmations are rarely used methodically enough to be effective. You know, people say, oh, I have this great affirmation I'm doing. And they feel good for a week and they say it a lot and then they forget it. that it's just um, a passing accident often. But you can use affirmations to actually create the new neural circuits that will stimulate the opposite positive feeling to the negative emotion you're trying to get rid of or trying to overcome. People often mistakenly try to suppress negative emotions. We don't want them. We don't like them. We don't like they make us feel. But just trying to kind of sit on them doesn't usually work. You might sit on them for a week or two, and then they tend to explode back into your life uh, with, with more vigor, seemingly. So the best way to overcome negative emotions is to create a habit of positive emotions. And that's what affirmations are really about. Joseph, could you give us an example if someone is in a negative state? Let's say maybe they're angry with something at work or their partner. How can they use an affirmation to kind of help them process that emotion and then put them in a better state energetically? I'll be honest with you. It's hard to use an affirmation as a antidote of a current feeling. The best thing that I would say, and is something that has been offered to people by many different sources, is try to get your mind off it first. Run, talk to somebody about something else, play tennis, uh, do chores. Just try to, to literally get your mind engaged in something other than the issue that is is making you feel that the negative emotion. So if you can switch to somebody else, so where you're really not, you're not feeling the heat of that emotion so much, then I think you can use an affirmation effectively, but over time. And there's a way to do affirmations repeatedly that is almost like a form of meditation where you repeat it over and over and over and over. You could be repeating it 10 times. You could be repeating it 20 times. But there's a certain point where you might feel like, ah, I am that. And that gives power to that neural circuit. But it takes time. It does take time. You have to be methodical to make an affirmation work. It can take weeks to months of repeating the same affirmation for that to become as ingrained in your neural circuitry as whatever it is you're you're creating it as an antidote to. And then meditation gives it power. So the more you meditate, the more focused you can be when you do an affirmation. The more you meditate, the more you believe in your potential to feel that way in response to things. So I recommend this if you have deep-seated emotional patterns that create unwanted behaviors and unwanted experiences in your life. If you don't have supercharged emotions like that, then meditation really can be enough 
to, to transform you and to create the neural circuits that connect you to the superconscious. I only recommend this more methodical path of introspection and then affirmation only if you recognize that you're just not able to meditate. It just keeps pulling you out of meditation. Or when you meditate, all you think about is the fact that you're angry at your boss or that your spouse is being unkind to you in a you know way that you don't like. So the best way, though, is meditation. Because what meditation does is it, it takes out the middlemen. You have middlemen, which are, if I have this, I'll be happy. If I can learn to do this, I'll be happy. And if this stops, I'll be happy. If I stop being angry, I'll be happy. And all those are middlemen thoughts where meditation just takes you directly to joy, directly to peace, directly to happiness. And you realize eventually that you don't need all those other things to achieve happiness, but you have to prove it to yourself. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, that sounds great, but you know, I have all these things I have to do. Well, yeah, you do, but you can do them in a, with a very different attitude if you meditate. Well, there's lots in there, Joseph, certainly. And as a healer, what I would say to people who really struggle with these kind of negative emotions, that healers do have a way to help people process that emotion or actually even pull it out and then it becomes the responsibility of that person to adopt things that will help encourage a different perspective, like affirmations or changing the self-talk and meditation. But a healer can be instrumental. Absolutely. And when you talk about meditation, there are so many kinds of meditation is there any particular kind that you recommend? Well, I would say if anyone is meditating, keep doing it. That's the best technique is the one that you're doing and it's working for you. I personally practice two techniques, uh, well, actually three techniques that are part of what Yogananda teaches. One is the Hung Saw technique, which if you go to my website, so josephselby.com, you go there, uh, I have a how to meditate section and how to establish a long lasting uh, meditation practice as well, which is all about how to deliberately uh, rewire to create neural circuits as, as efficiently and as rapidly as you can to support meditation. But so I have a technique there. I also practice Kriya Yoga. Kriya Yoga is a pranayama technique. So it's a breathing-based technique that is quite powerful and enhances stillness and really powerfully focuses the mind so that you can more completely experience superconscious awareness. So those are, are ones that I do. But I go back to what I said earlier. If you're already meditating, the technique you're using is the best technique there is. Just keep using it. The, the words I hate to hear anybody say, which is, I'm just not cut out to meditate. It may be hard for them, but everybody is cut out to meditate. Everybody is a meditator. It's just, it's just using the capabilities we already have in a way that we're not used to using them. And so everybody has those capabilities. Joseph, it's just about time to wrap up. Is there any last thing you'd like to share with us? I hope people are 
are awakened more to their superconscious. Even the scientific-minded ones. Yes, especially. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, Joseph. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. You will find all of our conversations on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Come visit me at ThoughtChange.com. Learn what energy medicine can do for you. I hope you explore there too. Bye for now.